Hi everyone, Jason here. On May the 14th, Stephen and myself will be appearing with the one and only Mark Lewison at the Pavilion Theatre in Dunleary, Dublin. We're going to be celebrating 60 years of a hard day's night and we would love you to join us. For tickets, go to paviliontheatre.ie or nothingisrealpod.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Nothing Is Real, a podcast about the Beatles. Everybody thinks they know the Beatles, but how much do they really know? This is part two of our discussion on Wings 71 to 73. So as 72 becomes 73, Paul starts working towards his next record, Red Rose Speedway, and he releases some singles in between. We'll, we'll, we'll come to the singles in a second, but Red Rose Speedway, um, an album you like or not like? Try and go back to before this reissue. Uh, yes. Okay. This, this is an album uh, I, I've always thought was a pretty good album. Okay. Because I think now we're on opposite sides of the fence because I loathed Red Rose Speedway. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not just saying this for, uh, for you know, podcast dynamism. I've, and, and, and again, it's to do with when you hear something and how you hear something. But uh, Red Rose Speedway was the first of a clutch of McCartney albums that I got. Uh, as a teenager Mm -hmm. and I'd just been a big Beatles fan and uh, I was on holidays and there was a a shop selling four McCartney albums uh, in a little fake box set bundle and they were McCartney 1, Ram, Red Rose Speedway and McCartney 2 and they were on CD and I bought them and I didn't like any of them. I really, and Red Rose Speedway in particular I just thought was the biggest, awfulest mess i just um, couldn't figure out i guess it's to do with that thing we've talked about earlier which is that you know paul if you're coming to mccartney solo expecting it to be beatles it's not it's a different thing and what were you listening to mccartney wise at the time i i'd i just bought um flowers in the dirt had come out okay and so I'd, i was a big beatles head flowers in the dirt had come out and i really liked flowers in the dirt and i thought well i better get all of paul's solo albums and i bought these four albums in one spin and i couldn't I couldn't get my head around any of them. Any of them. But particularly Red Rose Speedway. And I thought its cover was stupid. And <laughs> I just mm. didn't like it. And I thought this this makes... And I also think... I don't think Solo Paul is great music for teenagers. It's because it's, it's... It's... You know, you got... Like, I remember when I first heard Sea Moon and those kind of things. They're kind of twee and they're kind of... Like, I love those songs now. I think... Uh, yeah, I think... I think uh, McCartney from that early 70s period veers between the, the kid stuff yeah. on the one side, uh, like Seamoon, yeah. and the sort of adult yeah. stuff, like My Love. Yes. Um, so he's, he's you know, he's into his 30s at this stage, or he's just turned yep. 30. The whole of kind of that 60s rock generation, or the, and the fans are the same age, and there's a, there's a the, you know, they're not teeny boppers anymore they're not mop tops it's not a teenage audience the audience is growing so there's a bit of a struggle mm. um, from people who come out of that era I think well what do grown ups listen to what, yeah. how do we tailor 
uh, our, our output, whereas you don't get that from the, the people that came slightly later in the 60s, people like James Taylor, Carol King, they're already, they're, they're writing for their own yeah. uh, uh, generation. Uh, the 60s guys, McCartney in particular, perhaps slightly struggling, where do I, where should I pitch this? Yeah. Um, and there is a sort of schizophrenic side to what's going on, I think, in 72, 73. Yeah. And I think, like, certainly from my perspective years ago as a teenager, you know, Solo John makes a lot more sense. He's angry and he's on his own and he's yeah. telling you how he feels. And you know, yeah. no, I don't believe in Jesus. No, how about that? Yeah. And he's really kind of going for it. And Paul's kind of singing about his wife and his wife is singing with him. And you're <laughs> going, oh, my God, I can't. This yeah. means nothing There's to nothing me. to relate to. Yes. Whereas now that I'm older and, you know, you're kind of like, okay, songs about wives and kids. I get it. I'm yeah. cool. Okay, let's, 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 let's take that out. So uh, in the same way that I got wildlife at a good time in my life, I probably didn't get Red Rose Speedway or didn't approach it at a good time in my life. But it is, it's also a bit of a mess, the original Red Rose Speedway, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I, I, I think it, it's, again, it's the tone. There yeah. isn't the kind of consistency. So it veers between cutesy little piano ballads and sort of lush orchestrated uh, tracks to kind of slightly odd, proggy instrumental track on there. Uh, so again, yeah, it, it, it's a, it sounds like it's been stuck together yeah. from different sessions and different, uh, um, you know, orchestrators. And yeah, and it had a long lead in time. So it, it eventually came out on the 30th of April, 73 in the US and the 4th of May, 73 in the UK. And it was in gestation for a lot of 72 and, and early 73. And that's that's an 18 month gap between Red Rose Speedway and the preceding album Wildlife, which is the longest gap I think he'd had it's, in his career at that yeah. point. Um, which is a, a long thing. So it's possibly overthought. And famously, Glyn Johns on the session said that they were stoned. Yeah, I think... It, yeah, <laughs> and I not think, very efficient. I think it's interesting that Glyn Johns makes an appearance. Uh, he's sort of, uh, again, famously the guy that was uh, charged with pulling together the, the Get Back yeah. session. So, so, yeah, Glyn Johns comes in as the producer. Mm. Uh, so Paul has decided going to work with a producer, going to hand this over to a producer. I think he lasted four weeks mm -hmm. um, and and he walked off. Yeah. So this is a guy, you know, you'd think people would be falling over themselves to work with Paul McCartney. He lasts four weeks and, and I, I think says in, in an interview somewhere, you know, if you want to come in, get stoned, mess about, jam, play, well, that's fine, but I'm not going to hang yeah. around and... and, and uh, waste my time recording it. Yeah. So, and I think that that seems to be indicative of the way McCartney's working during this period. It's it, it's a very kind of, shall we say, laid back uh, vibe. <laughs> That's very diplomatic. In, uh, he, they're, they're kind of turning up in, in working up arrangements in barns and yeah. smoke filled rooms. Uh, mm. And, um, uh, you know, then once they've got these, this material laid down, it'd be interesting. Uh, again, he's, he's, still reworking songs from the Ram era. Yeah. Um, and you kind of wonder why, why wasn't he using those previously? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, he's drawing on a lot of uh, disparate material, I think. And, uh, and so what I would say now is that, you know, Red Rose Speedway is, is you know, another one of these massive archive editions. And I would now feel that it's possibly the best archive edition. And it is totally reframed my feeling about the album and one of the things it has done is it has given us a version of the double album so Red Rose mm. Speedway was supposed to be a double album in theory originally in 72-73 and it got whittled down to a single album and now as part of this 
reissue. It's there is a double album yeah. version of Red Rose Speedway, and I think the double album is sensational. And it makes me think of what could have been possible if the double album had come out in early '73 instead of this kind of swittled down single album. Um, yeah, with its I, silly cover, with just Paul on the cover, no room Paul for any other member that's, of Wings. That's, I remember uh, whenever I was a teenager coming across the Enemy Encyclopedia of Rock, and that was their one-line review was, too bad there was only room for Paul on the cover. Um, but uh, yeah, the double album, um, I like the idea of yeah. a double album. Um, I don't like the sequencing of the double album. I think, I don't know whether that is the original sequencing. There seems to be, have been several versions of, of, of There the, is a of couple of sequencings, order. but yeah. according for this reissue, this, because uh, the, the labels that they reproduced on the double album are from acetates that were in Denny Sewell's uh, yeah. possession as a final working version of the double album. I don't know that the double album holds together any better than the single album in the sense that yeah. it's got this kind of mishmash of sounds and, and, and things that I think probably quite properly ended up on as B-sides. Mm. Uh, there's a couple of live tracks in, in into the mix. Uh, again, it's that slightly schizophrenic. Uh, I think a resequencing might have helped. Yeah. I mean, it's odd. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's unusual that an album, a lot of people talk about, say, the, the White Album. Oh, if that, that should have been a single mm. album. And then you get into that parlour game of, well, what's on your single version of the White Album and what would you cut out? It's odd that things go the other way around and an album that I don't like once it's much yeah. longer gets much better. I think, I think uh, well, I think the, the problem with the single version is they kind of cut all the... Good rock, songs. All, 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 all the kind of harder, harder edged songs, the yeah. kind of rock songs, the blues stuff, all got excised in favour of the slightly blander middle mm. of the road adult contemporary yes you know my love is the is the template that was the big single yes and i think uh, emi thought right we, we we just need to appeal to that audience and it's yeah. back to this sort of you know uh adult oriented rock yeah um and that was what the record label wanted whereas he's he's working with guys you know henry mcculloch he's a blues guitarist mm. he's a rock guitarist he's ex joe cocker yeah uh grease band he played at woodstock you know this is this is a guy with serious uh sort of rock credentials adds the harder edge and most of that is just taken away yeah um i i, I could see there an, an argument for there being two single albums yeah where you had a kind of a, a rock uh album and the adult contemporary but i think mashing it together as a as a double because the, really the double the double album version that's now in circulation and it, it works great on vinyl i kind of just see it as four sides four eps there's mm. kind of like a introductory ep then there's kind of the the second ep has got you know denny's song and linda's song then the fourth ep has got the experimental stuff loop and the medley and then the final ep is a bit kind of personal paul and i think it kind of works as this kind of four ep yeah version. but i think but i think that's that's for me that's the problem oh, that okay. you've got four distinct yes uh, sides or four four distinct kind of aspects to this so yeah. there, there isn't actually a flow you can listen to the first four or five tracks yeah. and that's great and then you can have a pause turn it over listen to the next four or five and there's no connection i think between yeah. um whereas i think if you if you kind of work on on uh resequencing 
mm-hmm. you can kind of almost kind of build an arc or a narrative uh, in, into the uh, into the album. I feel a Spotify playlist coming on. I think we could put a Spotify playlist <laughs> up there and uh, let the people decide. Let the, let the people think. Well, let's talk about My Love for a second, because My Love, as you say, was a big hit. It came Every, out in, everybody's favourite song. Oh, Jesus. Uh, it came out on the 23rd of March, 73 in the UK and the 9th of April, 73 in the US. And it made it to number one in the USA for four weeks in June 1973. Do you know who knocked it off number one? Who knocked it off number George one? George Harrison with Give good Me old, Love, Give Me Peace George. on Earth. George still sticking it to Paul. Yeah. Uh, do you know who knocked George off number one? Billy Preston. Isn't that nice? So it was still a Beatle universe in 1972. Um, do you like My Love? This is a song that I have grown to dislike. Oh, okay, okay. Because um, I've always disliked you, it. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, we've kind of switched. Do you want to swap seats here? Um, <laughs> This is a song that I, I I never thought of it as being anything other than a great big soppy Paul McCartney yeah. ballad. It, it is what it is. It, it was a, and then I read uh, Rob, Rob, Sheffield, Rob, Rob Sheffield Dreaming book, the Beatles, which gets a mention in every every podcast. podcast. And then I thought, yeah, this is the worst song ever. Yeah, yeah. I think he really nails this yeah. notion that, particularly if you put it up alongside something, yeah, that Paul just can't deliver something. And it's interesting that there hasn't really been a true big Paul McCartney love song. We kind of think of him as being a balladeer or a love mm. song, but there's a lot of, there's no real Paul McCartney love songs at the end of the Beatles. And there's, you know, he starts to introduce them again with Maybe I'm Amazed and, and Lovely Linda, but it's it, it's almost like a motor he's trying to get started again. And this is, this is uh, Sheffield says, this is a song, My Love is a song that was kind of kicking around in yeah. embryonic form from about 1969. And his, right. his, his, his theory is this, yeah, this is a, a direct attempt by Paul to write Something. Well, it's interesting because on the Wildlife Box, they have this footage from February 72 and they're actually performing Wild Love and I'm, or they're performing um, My Love. Yes. <laughs> Wild Love. That's a good song. <laughs> An unreleased uh, classic. <laughs> Sounds like a Depeche Mode number. Anyway, um, uh, and so they're performing My Love and this is over a year before it comes out. And I'm yeah. like, is he sitting on that because he thinks this is a big hit and I'm going to turn this into yeah. a hit because... You know, in the lead up to Red Rose Speedway coming out in 1973, he puts out, let's walk through these singles, singles. shall we? Yep. So after Give Ireland Back to the Irish, he puts out uh, the second Wings single, which is Mary Had a Little Lamb. Comments? I think silence there. I mean, is this, yeah, there's, there's a lot of debate about it. Is this, is this a reaction to the BBC banning mm. uh, Give Ireland Back to the Irish, where he, he just sort of thought, well, I'll just go completely in the opposite direction? Or yeah. is this him genuinely trying to write a kid song because, hey, he's got kids? and that's, He's got a kid called Mary. And that's, that's you know, I mean, by all means, you know, play, play the song. Yeah. Does it have to be a single? You know, it could be a B-side. It could be a... So you've got this slightly odd scenario where Henry McCulloch, as I say, this kind of hard rock and yeah. blue, blues guy from Northern Ireland, yeah. uh, is is on top of the pops and the Basil Brush show, miming, <laughs> yes. miming to uh, Mary, Mary Had a Little Lamb. It's odd. Like, Mary Has a Little Lamb comes out in May 72, and if you look it up on Wikipedia, it labels the genre as children's music. It doesn't really say anything else. Um, But if you you look at the Red Rose Speedway, uh, the bonus disc in the box, it kind of starts with these singles Mm. as as a run-up to the album. So it opens with Mary Had a Little Lamb. And it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it doesn't need to exist. It's It's got a couple of interesting things. It has a, what's called the trucker's gear shift. You know this thing? The key change. You know when a song goes up a key change? Yeah, yeah. And Maka doesn't do that much. And it's a bit of a lazy songwriting trick to sort of go, up a key key change. Come on, pay attention, everyone. It does plod. 
it's large it's, like it's a, a doll. Yeah, I mean, it's, it not, is dull, it, yeah. it's a very, very, I mean, apart from being twee, it's dull, which yeah. is probably its biggest crime. Yeah. Um, and it also has that lift from Pink Floyd's Echoes. Yes. That bit, you know, yep. which, just, yep. which is, uh, you know, there's, a, there's another Pink Floyd reference later on, I think. But the other thing I realised is that there's a blues song called Mary Had a Little Lamb. Buddy Guy wrote it and Stevie Ray Vaughan sang it and they don't get opprobrium and hate. No. But, hate, hate mail for it. But they, they weren't dressing up in Edwardian oh, costumes God, or yes. appearing on... We, we, the video is just beyond well, tragic. there are four videos yes. on the DVD for Mary Had a Little Lamb and I have watched them all uh, back to back and that was enough. Then uh, the next single they put out is High, 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 which is proto-glam 1972. Now we're talking. Uh, yeah, but we're again, we're kind of now swinging back yeah, uh, in the opposite direction uh, from from Mary Had a Little Lamb, and again a song banned by the BBC. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then we go into um, uh, yeah, the B side of that is Sea Moon, so we've got Sea Moon as well to enjoy, yeah, which I suppose is a kind of kid song again. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting kind of little reggae lilt. Not much to it. Yeah, it's a song. As I said, it's a song I didn't really like. Now I kind of like it because it's just got that. You kind of appreciate how it's recorded. It's got that nice vibe where he's just obviously enjoying a, a herbal moment in with a his smoke, wife. They're in a smoke-filled room. Yes, and he's he's just taking it easy and it yeah. just sort of chugs along in a very pleasant way. Uh, and that comes out in uh, December 72. And then that that's the run into My Love, which then, then launches um, uh, uh, Red Rose Speedway. What I find out about Red Rose Speedway is, though, that when they cut it from the double to the single, they kept in, like, loop. yeah. And they kept in I, I, the medley. I find wanting the medley uh, that closes the album is is you know it's obviously his attempt to go back to revisit Abbey Road, the, yeah. the long medley. And what he's done is he's, he's taken four songs that kind of run into each other, and then as a final, he's sort of overlaying the melody from each of the four, and it, it's very contrived. It doesn't really work. Abbey Road has a sort of flow to it, which is ironic because it it's, it was made up of independently kind of written songs and, mm. and, and but yet it has a, it, there's a there's a sort of ease to that yeah. this just comes across as being very contrived as a side point in the box set you know there's all these little bits of lyrics and pictures and mm. all the rest and one of the songs in that medley is a song called Hold Me Tight Hold Me Tight yeah and uh, there is a Beatles song called Hold, Hold Me Tight. Tight and if you look and I don't know how this got past quality control but if you look in the Red Rose Speedway box the reproduced lyric sheet for Hold Me Tight is the Beatles song Hold Me Tight and it's reproduced on a letter from 1963, a bit of Beatles fan mail. And it's really, it's odd because it's got nothing to do with anything. This is why they need somebody, two people to come they in and do quality two, control. Two people, exactly. Two people. It's a two-man job. It is a two-man job. It's a two-man job. Two man job. And, you know, we, we do shift work and we try and get that archive <laughs> under control. But if people have bought that Red Rose Speedway box and you haven't gone through all the paperwork, there's a bonus bit of Beatles uh, memorabilia. Uh, being stuck inside. Loop First Indian on the Moon, I think, is another Pink Floyd. Uh, That's a shocking, <laughs> it's a shockingly bad, uh, you know, borderline racist. Oh, uh, yeah. There's know, no borderline. There's no borderline. It's across the line. The borderline yeah. is in the You might as well be eating a Hiawatha ice cream. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just... It's, in 19th, this might have been acceptable in the early 70s, yes. but even then... Yeah, it has. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of odd uh, moments. It just seems like an odd thing to save but, but, for the single album. Is, is is you know given given that you, if you were if you're Paul McCartney, yes, you would think if you told your record company you wanted to put out a double album, your record company would put out a double album. Yeah, you kind of think he'd put his foot down. Um, so the question is, did did 
did he choose this? Is this his? Mm. You know, if he's prepared to concede the point, okay, look, fine. You know, you can slash this and yeah. by 50%. You can take 50% of these tracks and just throw them away or we we put archive them for release at great expense 30, 40 years yeah. from now. But did he choose these songs? I don't know. I mean, he does this over and over again, doesn't he? Where he over records and then stuff just gets put in the back burner. And he chooses the wrong song. Yeah, pretty much. Again, again, yeah. he needs somebody there telling him. Exactly. Is, executive producer. Executive producer. Um, but it's, it's, uh, but I think in terms of the double album, do you not think you were talking about how there's different vibes? Do you not think it, he, he, the double album gives it a one man white album kind of vibe? I, I, th- I think so. My, my, I, I think you're probably making a, a, a fair point, but it's the sequencing. Yes. I don't think it's any coincidence that the longest Beatles session ever was 24 hours to sequence the, the White, White Album. album yeah. And I think it's that care and attention that makes the White Album what it is. I think if this album was resequenced, it would probably be... Better. I mean, Night Out, it's effectively uh, an instrumental. Yes. Where they yell, Night, Night Out. Out. Yeah. Uh, and you think, this is this the way to open... The album? Yes, it is. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I um I have to admit, Night Out is a song that wasn't on my radar until um those chaps from the Take It Away podcast yep. were doing Red Rose Speedway a while back, and they played Night Out, and I was like, "Where is this?" And I dug it out and uh, f- fell on the internet, sent it to me on CD, and I, I think to hear it in full crystalline glory, I think Night Out is a. It, like particularly if you think of it's seventy two, it's peak glam rock. Yeah. It stomps onto the record at the start. And you're like, it wakes you up. It's it's much better than Big Barn Bed as an I, opener. I, I I don't disagree with anything you say about the track. It's yeah. a great track. It's it, it it sounds amazing. Yes, but it shouldn't be the opening track. What should be the opening track? Well, I I like Big Barn Bed. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, you know, and, uh, again, it's all about the sequencing. I, yeah. I think there's there's a sort of a narrative arc that you could construct. Yes. And I will go on, <laughs> I will go on to Spotify yes. and I will create the list. Your people demand that you do this. It, it's the, uh, thank you for asking. It's the, uh, it, it's, it seems to me that there is a, a, a kind of an arc of a relationship yeah. uh, story to be told across okay. those albums. So I will, I will put together that playlist okay. and we can, you're not convinced. No, I am, I am convinced. I am convinced. We're, we're kind of going all over the place. Uh, there's one other thing I've made a note about is the odd voice he uses on Little Lamb Dragonfly. Yeah. You know that thing? 
That's a that's <laughs> that thing that, that comes out of the blue. Are you gonna? Are we gonna keep that in? Is that, <laughs> I think we um, should. We, we can cut to maybe a tiny snippet of Paul. <laughs> <laughs> just, just that it, again, another two song, two two songs stuck together. Yeah, and again, this is the well. What I'd say is it's kind of characteristic of Paul in in the early seventies. Mm-hmm. This kind of little snippets of songs. There's the herbally refreshed, yeah. sticking things together. Yeah. Admiral Halsey, Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey. Um, you know, uh, even. Big Barn Bed has a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's not a song that I, it's not a song that I... But I, I didn't appreciate until this box came out that George Martin had a hand in it at all. I didn't realise that. Yeah, but again, I think, uh, you know, George Martin is on Ram. He's 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 doing some string arrangements on Ram. Yeah. And I think, again, some of these songs date from, from those Ram sessions. Times, yeah, yeah. certainly um, get on the right thing. My favourite, my favourite song? Yeah. Single Pigeon. Well, Single Pigeon is extraordinarily beatly, isn't it? Yes. It could have been on the White Album. It sounds it, like it dropped off the White Album. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it's, I mean, it sticks out in a good way. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very short and sweet and the brass band. Yeah, it's, it's got the DNA of all that kind of White yeah. Album. And, and I want, I, I always wonder, was that a sort of conscious, mm. you know, there's a kind of Martha, my dear yeah. vibe to, to that. Uh, yeah, but that's, that I think is the, uh, is the lost gem. Yeah, that is a, that is a gem. Um, and if you go onto the bonus disc, it has all those singles uh, that we mentioned. And then the single that came out after Red Rose Speedway, which is Live and Let Die. Everyone loves Live and Let that's Die, right? That's a great right? song. Yeah, there's nothing. But I think what you forget, because there's Live and Let Die and there's a, a demo rough take of Live and Let Die. Yeah. When you listen to the, the, the rough take, which is fantastic and is, it's hard to believe he's singing live all the time on every take. I yeah. mean, reckon his voice for the 21st century, but still going <laughs> for it, you know. Um, but you listen to that demo version, you think Live and Let Die, what an odd song. It's like, oh yeah, I've got a song, it's got a chorus, it's got a verse, and then it's going to go reggae, and then it's going <laughs> to explode, then it's going to go back to the reggae. You're like, you're, you're, you're out of your mind. But I think Linda wrote the, the, he said Linda wrote the little reggae Apparently section. so, yeah. So she, she, she has a kind of fascination for for reggae and... Uh, yeah. You know, you know. Well, Seaside Woman, I yep. think, is like Tom Tom Club in 1972. That's kind of what it reminds me of it, when, it, when it pops up on the long album. That is a, that is a great song. Yeah. I, I, I remember buying that as a single yeah. uh, on yellow vinyl. Ah. That's my retirement fund. <laughs> but the video has become retrospectively horrendously Ra- racist. racist. Yes, yeah. we can't enjoy the video No, we're, anymore, we're not allowed to. And we're going to no. move swiftly on. Um, the other things that you have on the, the bonus disc is uh, 1882, which is a song I love. <laughs> it's it, it's crazy. It's, it's not crazy, like anything it is, else. Yeah, I, it's a great song. Yeah. It's a great song. But, and it, but it's nuts. Oh, it is nuts. And it's just him telling this odd story. And you can actually sense from the demo the de- there's not a whole lot of demos in the McCartney Archive collection no. but when they come out you kind of get this sense with Paul that he, he writes songs and he, he's obviously hearing the record yes and yes, he's, yes, 1882 yes. you can just hear him trying to play it as if it's going to be done live and it's yeah. such a mad story of a boy and a master and stealing bread and you're like yeah. You're just crazy. Again, smoke-filled room. Smoke-filled room. And then, uh, yeah, The Little Lamb Dragonfly, there's an alternate take on that, but I, which still has a bit of strange, wordless vocals on it. I think I'd have liked an instrumental version of Little Lamb Dragonfly. It's, very pr- it's a very pretty song. Yeah, that, that's where the, 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 the and, fun and, is. And it's about an actual lamb. Yes, so. dying on his farm. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very sad. He keeps it real, doesn't he? Um, so then you move on to the the DVD. So the DVD has, apart from four videos for Mary Has a Little Lamb and videos for Hi, Hi, Hi and Sea Moon and all the rest, it has the, probably the highlight of everything, James Paul McCartney, the yes. TV special. Yes. Um, 
I, for a guy who is trying to sell himself as being a hiding in a band called Wings, it seems odd that the first big statement he would make on television is a special called James Paul McCartney. Similar to having only him on the front of the yes. album. Uh, yeah, the, the story of James Paul McCartney is, of course, this was a, a settlement deal mm. with uh, ATV Music who were claiming... Who, who, Publishing. Yeah. Um, so what McCartney was doing at this stage was having Linda co-write all the songs so that at least 50% of, of the songwriting publishing was going to to the McCartney household to pay the bills. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, rather than perpetuate this, there was an agreement if he would do this TV special for, for ATV, all would be well and everybody would make up, kiss, yeah. kiss and be friendly. Um, and it's a terrible <laughs> show. Um, I yes. don't know how it was how it was perceived by the people sitting at home. There, there are one or oh, two... Oh, it's perceived as a terrible show. Yeah, one or two interesting little bits. Yeah. Um, the Big Barn Bed, which opens yeah. where they're all performing in front of... Uh, it, Bank it, of Television. Yeah, it looks as though it's, it's going to be a live shot and then they're performing uh, in front of televisions. That's, that's, a, that's a kind of pretty far ahead of its yeah. time concept. There's some cutesy little, uh, uh, little acoustic yeah. numbers where Linda's kind of... Yeah, taking pictures. Taking pictures. Yeah. And again, just Paul... Um, you, you know, uh, there, but uh, some of it is just beyond embarrassing. Some of it is beyond embarrassing. And uh, I guess these things were made not to be still actively watched no. many years later because it was designed to be shown once and then and then disappear. Um, and I'd, I'd seen it on YouTube, but that was the first time I sat down and watched the whole thing from start to finish. And it does feel, you know, that bit in the Let It Be movie where Paul is trying to describe how the cameras should move in and he's sort of, Yes, so you sweeping get, across. The, yes, yeah, you yeah. get that sense that he's doing the same mm. thing for this thing. And there's going to be a blank of televisions and the people will be the audience. Like, oh, Jesus. So, uh, and and it kind of sometimes works. Um, but yeah, the there's the, the bit that he's famously chided for is the gotta sing, gotta dance yes. medley bit. Um, but it does have its moments. Uh, it has, uh, I like the performance of Live and Let Die, where the piano explodes. That's good. <laughs> that's good. That. That's good. And, uh, er, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you've got the pub, the pub, where he kind of in the pub in Liverpool. The pub bit is, is very... Chappy. Yes, and that's kind of selling this notion of himself as this man of the people, and he loves his family. And, and they look so around. uncomfortable. I know, and he looks, I mean, he... and it's this kind of Paul denial that he uses again and again, where he's kind of sitting in the pub with everyone else and everyone's like, it's Paul yeah, McCartney. It's Paul you McCartney. can't not be, yeah, you can't Paul be, McCartney. You can't be normal yeah. in the presence of Paul McCartney. But it is kind of, it's, it's still a sweet thing that it exists. And, and the Vox Pop, where oh, they get God, people, yeah. they stop people in the streets and they get some gent in a bowler hat to, to sing, sing songs. songs and, uh, but it is interesting as it is the first time that he starts doing Beatles songs. There mm. are Beatles songs in this. Now, yes, I don't yes. know if that's a cop to the Lou Grade ATV music. I, agreement that he had yeah, to I, I, I always assumed it was, a, it, was, it was part of the deal, yeah. part of the settlement. But the show ends with him singing Yesterday, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, which is a bit odd for, again, a guy trying to set himself up as a new band, separate entity, all the rest. And it had to be a bit tough for some of the people involved to, um, you know... <sighs> You like know, Henry McCullough putting on the old Mary had a little lamb costume and standing by the it's, river. Yeah, it's it's, but this this is where the whole notion of it being a band starts to break down. Yes, you know, the, the we, we've we've had the tour, we we've had the, uh, you know, it's 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 wings. It's not Paul McCartney and yeah. wings, except 
now it is Paul McCartney and yeah. Wings, and, and Red Rose Speedway is billed as Paul McCartney and Wings, yeah. uh, whereas the previous album was Wings Wildlife. Yeah. Um, so there's an acknowledgement, Paul is on the album, the TV special is all about Paul. So if, if the guys in the band ever had any pretension yeah. uh, that this was a band, this is where it starts to, to kind of disintegrate. Yeah. But certainly in terms of this box set, it's it's a nice thing to have. It's a very decent document of the times. And it's it's uh, this this is this is in terms of uh, the, the cover, the packaging, the mm. content. I think this is this is up there with the best of the archive release. Yeah. I, well, I, I think it certainly helps, you know, if the job is to make somebody like an album who didn't like it before or rate an album who didn't rate it before. There's a lot going on in this box set inside. And again, for both boxes, uh, we've talked about this, you know, about other times before. There's two great books there to read. Yep. Uh, yep. I think oftentimes in box sets, you know, there's almost a ratio where the amount of reading needs to at least last longer than it takes the, to listen to the to records. The record, yeah. uh, and there's a good chunk of reading in, in all these boxes. But there's something we haven't mentioned yet, Stephen. There's one extra thing. It's, it's almost like are one we, of these deals. Are we not out of time? We're not out of time. Hold your, call off that cab. This is like one of those, but we're not done yet. Like I'm going to sell you an extra three knives on top of the five knives you've already bought. There's something else in the retro speedway what, what, box. What's in the box? Tell, oh. tell, tell us, Jason. <laughs> it's like the what movie is seven. The, what is in the box? <laughs> what's in the what's box? In the box? What's don't, <laughs> don't open the box. Don't open uh, the box. You should open the box. Don't the, open the, the box. The last thing is, and it's, it's almost superfluous to requirements is it's the, definitely the, superfluous to requirements. the bruce mcmouse show you see you really want to say bruce mcmouse don't bruce, you yeah you do actually yeah. or, or bruce mcmouse bruce mcmouse <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the bruce mcmouse show and this is something unlike the james paul mccartney special that was <laughs> suppressed <laughs> at the time probably because it made children cry yeah um i think i think it made the band cry yes but has been now lovingly restored and so most of these mccartney sets they've got three cds and a dvd and red Rose speedway has that but it also has a bonus cd and blu-ray of the bruce mcmouse show which is a great thing <laughs> I, I, it's, uh, I watched it. I watched it. Yes. I did watch it. I yeah. did watch it. It and was very interesting yes. for about five or ten minutes. Okay. It's frustrating um, because when it's good, it's really good. Yeah, but it's just... Uh, I started to watch it and, and it's... Uh, what we got really, the conceit here is it's Wings in a theatre playing a live show and yes. there are mice, uh, cartoon mice living under the stage. <laughs> Like uh, living under the yes. stage and in some way being kind of disturbed by uh, uh, this this concert that's playing. Or, well, it uh, would disturb it you. It would disturb if you. Were you a cartoon mess. Yeah, I mean, and, mm. yeah, and and it's it's so it's a mixture of live action yes. and cart- no. I have to say, for for the time, it was probably technically, uh, you know, very difficult. It was probably very impressive. Yes, but you know, there's no story. No, and the the, the continuity. Is oh, appalling. it's terrible. Then there's not even a pretense. So, so in the middle of a song, Paul McCartney's hair gets longer, gets shorter. His <laughs> shirt changes from yeah. blue to black. Yeah, um, it, it's shockingly bad. Well, it's it, you know there are, there are um, there. If, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm probably speaking being very vague. But there was a vogue kind of in the '70s of concert films being made yeah. of bands that would be shown as. Uh, features, yes, yes pre-theater features in cinemas. Yeah, I remember once for some bizarre reason seeing a status quo one of some gig. I I remember seeing Elton John in yeah. Russia, which so, in my head was a trailer for Live and Let Die. Yeah, 
And, <laughs> so, but but the, 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 these were a thing, and maybe they were angling for that uh, market. Um, and it would be nice to have had a proper concert mm. movie of a 1972 Wings concert. The footage must exist. Yes. Because the, clearly what they're, they're performing, they're, they're performing on a soundstage or maybe they're miming on a soundstage at one point, but then there is, is live yeah. concert footage. So yeah. presumably they recorded, judging by the hair changing yeah. mid-song, they must have recorded two or three complete gigs at yeah, one point. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is prior to, you know, prior to the Red Rose Speedway box coming out, as I said, people kind of complained about the flowers in the dirt box. Give us mm. all this stuff. There's stuff yeah. missing. What's going on? And Bruce McMouse is something that people didn't really know. People weren't certain it existed last year. No, it was a rumour. It was a, it, it had been mentioned. I think McCartney mentioned yes. it once or twice. You know, I, I think I've certainly heard Denny Lane being interviewed and saying, yeah, I remember having to stand and pretend yes. there was a mouse standing in my hand and deliver lines to this imaginary. Yeah. Um, but I, I certainly didn't know that it was a complete I didn't film. either. And uh, that's why it's on Blu-ray is that they obviously have the original film. They were able to put the sound in 5-1. So there's yep. not a lot of, there's no 5-1 in these box sets. No. It's the first appearance of 5-1 surround sound. And they're able to do it in a high, high res kind of feature. So it looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, and then it starts. And, yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 it's, it's, it's really hard. Like if it, it, it's hard to square the circle and I'm McCartney defender number one of him wanting to be in this amazing hard rock band and yet you're like, okay, you're in this hard rock spontaneous band. What are you going to do now? And then you watch the opening scene of Bruce McMouse and he's like, hello, I'm going to tell you a story. There was this mouse under the stage one day. And you're like, oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's it, this totally schizophrenic yeah, uh, yes. uh, approach. And I say this is where I think the other the other three Beatles have kind of settled into the notion that they are Beatles, mm. ex-Beatles. Yeah. Um, they're they're living the kind of superstar life. They're 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 recording albums. Uh, that you you know, living in the material world is a contemporary album by George Harrison. Um, but McCartney is still he wants to be in a band, but yeah. he wants to be on the front cover of the album. It's his way yeah. or no way. He wants to be in a hard rock band. He wants to write protest songs about Ireland. He wants to write high, high, high. But he also does Mary Had a Little Lamb yeah. and Seaman. And he has My Love, which is the kind of adult contemporary. He's going back to Single Pigeon, which is a kind of throwback to the, the, the White Album. Mm. He's, he's just he's just not settling and he wants to be all of these things but he ends up being none of these things yeah and i think that's the kind of credibility gap uh, sort of is possibly this is where it's yeah stems from uh that he's always struggled with but the one person who was able to nail that down was lennon because mm. he say in an interview oh i get wings it's like the plastic ono band it's paul and whatever paul says it is it's yeah. a conceptual piece of work yeah and that's what it is yeah and lennon but, copped onto that really early but but mccartney never did no he he always sort of seemed to think, yeah, it's a band and we're yeah. all kind of buddies and we're, we're all kind of on the tour bus and it's great. Um, yeah, even at the end, Holly and Juba are being brought into interviews for Wings Mark Three to yeah. try and figure out the direction of things. Yeah, it's yeah. quite, it's quite uh, So, But I think that's the, the, the whole thing about, you know, I, I, I have a lot of time for a lot of what McCartney did in his solo career. I mean, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm kind of joking here. I don't like some of the early stuff, but I think... He, he struggles because he wants to be all things to all men. Yeah. So he wants to be the family entertainer. He wants to be the hard rocker. He wants to do the reggae. He wants mm. to do the lush ballads. He wants to write the film music. He wants yep. to be on a rap record with, with Kanye West. Yep. He wants, you know, that's, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the start of that kind of 
credibility gap. But again, it is that thing that it's nice now that we can just go back and pull out the bits we want to yeah, listen I think, to or yeah. enjoy. And I think it, it, it does go back to that point that, that you, were, you were making on the first part about, uh, yeah, perhaps McCartney's solo career is best yeah. enjoyed in retrospect. Um, there is one or two things in Bruce McMahon uh, that I think are worth pointing out. Um, I think the performance of Wildlife is very interesting. It's great because it has this kind of backdrop of people walking through. It, it, again, was, it reminds me of Floyd, it was us like, and them type exactly. thing. Exactly. It, it, I, I did kind of wonder had Paul been hanging out at Pink Floyd concerts because... Well, there is a lot going on because don't forget Paul was interviewed for Dark Side of the Moon yeah. to be a voice and Henry McCullough is a voice yes. on Dark Side of the Moon. So they, they are overlapping. And there's a there's a definite Floyd wings overlap and they're all hanging out in Abbey Road at the same time, yeah. 71, 72, 73. So there's certainly a vibe of, of that off it. And... Um, yeah, the other great songs are, it's nice to kind of see, it's funny to see Mumbo and Bitbop perform, but also yeah. um, The Mess. Yes. And I think one song that has come out of re-listening to all these boxes again is The Mess. It's another one of these McCartney songs, which if you actually stop and look at its parts, you're like, it's full of little stops and starts and ups and downs. And it doesn't really dawn on you initially what a strangely arranged piece of music it is. But thrown away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Lost for yes. like on a B-side and yeah. never, never to be seen again. Um, yeah, the concert for that, I would really like a Wings Over Europe. Yeah. Like a Wings Over America or a rock show. Yeah. You know, a DVD or a Blu-ray of that performance. That, I think, uh, was a missed opportunity. The, yeah. the footage must exist. I, I would guess it would be pretty easy to to, to kind of polish that up for, for, for Blu-ray. Hmm. The it, the backdrop, the wildlife backdop and the, and the images, that, re- that took me really by surprise. Yeah, I, I was surprised not, at how high tech it was. Yes, I wasn't expecting 1970s. I was still thinking this is a, a carry, this is going to be a carryover from the university yes. 11 nights we just kind of rock up doing yeah. a show uh but it's yeah it's 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 a, for 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 its time it's it's quite a high tech uh, yeah. a concert experience yeah and and i suppose for those moments uh, it is worthwhile like con- con- compared to a year ago before these box sets came out how little of this stuff we had to see in real life this to actually is, get to see it now yeah, even if there is, is a cartoon mouse popping up now and exactly. then complaining I mean, I about think, I, I think I, I, <laughs> I think I, I'm, I'm prepared to take the cartoon mouse for the in, as a trade off for the live footage but the thing about this box set which, which just really raises it uh, to, 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 to one of the best in the archive is the material, the availability, yes. the, the, the wealth of, of unreleased material. Yes. You know, this was a double album. Some of these things have turned up on, on uh, uh, B-sides, um, but there's a huge wealth of unreleased material, yeah. or at least unfamiliar material. Yeah, and it's it's uh, there's a lot to kind of roll up your sleeves and get involved in and, and uh, have a think about. And I think, you know, I'd probably say if you're only going to buy one one of the box sets, I think Red Rose Speedway has now become the one in front to try and, uh, for all the for all the bits of it that we've disparaged and made yeah, fun of, I th- uh, yeah. it's a total adventure of this is what happened for this year. He did these gigs, he did this TV show, he made all these songs. They're all over the place. But it's, the other thing is the work rate for that yeah. year is phenomenal. Yeah. You know, what, 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 what's there in that 12 months, 13, 14 month period? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very impressive. Okay, well, once again, we hope we have managed to drive some people back to, uh, to Red Rose Speedway and we'll put links up to Stephen's uh, uh, proposed <laughs> versions of Red Rose Speedway. Cause that was an unnecessary what? chuckle in the middle of that. Because <laughs> uh, we're contactable on at BeatlesPod on Twitter and uh, various other guises. Um, but for now, uh, I'm Jason Carty. I'm Stephen Cockcroft. This has been Nothing Is Real. We'll see you on the next one.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for listening to Nothing Is Real. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, why not become a member? You'll get access to ad-free content, bonus episodes, and so much more. Follow the link in the show notes, sign up on ACAST Plus, or visit our website, nothingisrealpod.com.